Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church, where we are changing the way the world sees God. Now, you got to be thinking, why do we need to change the way the world sees God? I'll tell you why, because most people think God's angry. They think he's mad. They think he's judgmental. They think he's harsh. They think he's out to get you, that he's trying to find your faults. Well, I'll tell you, that is just not the truth. And because of the way people see God and what people have been led to believe because of through religion, they hate God. They don't want God. They don't want anything to do with the God that religion preaches. But I'll tell you something. The God that Jesus represented, man, it, once we really see God through the life, teaching, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, i got news for you. We want that God. That's why this series, the trifecta, is so important because only by looking at Jesus can we have the light, the true understanding, the true revelation of who God is. Well, today we're going to be talking about Fellowship, faith, and life don't go away. I'll be right back. I've got a free message for this month called Angels of Light, Authors of Deception. I want to tell you something. We have talked about and we think that we know about angels of light. I'm going to show you something that's going to open your eyes to the true deception in this world. All right, we want to dive into this thing today because we want to start getting down to some really some powerful, workable solutions. Now, remember something. The world, people in the world, people who are not born again, cannot perceive or see God. You know, the Apostle John said this over in 1 John, and of course, he mentioned it in the Gospel of John, where he talked about how that dark cannot comprehend. That word comprehend is more than just be able to see and understand, but they can't take hold of God for themselves. And the reason John wrote this in his epistle was because there were people who had departed from Jesus as the source of life, and basically they began to substitute information for a personal connection with Jesus. So they presented this idea that through their personal revelations, their anointings would grow, and that based on that, they were coming to know God for themselves independent of Jesus, independent of what Jesus had shown them. Now, the problem is, is John said, look, you're walking in darkness. As a matter of fact, later on, he tells us, you know, their, their eyes are closed, they're walking in darkness, and he gets into the whole thing of where iniquity begins to come in this thing, where lawlessness begins to come in this thing. So, that's not much different than it is today in the church. Today in the church world, wonderful people mean well. Wonderful pastors, so many of them doing a phenomenally effective job. But just because of our mindsets, just because of the way we tend to think as Gentiles, no matter how great of a job our pastor is doing or the evangelist is doing, or whoever's preaching and teaching, no matter how great of a job they're doing, our tendency is to commit idolatry with the information, to commit idolatry with the message. In other words, we take this information, this message, and we embrace this message as if it is life. 
But the Bible doesn't say that the life is in the light. It says that the light is in the life. Jesus was the life, and the life was the light of man. So this brings you to this realization that only people who are knowing and experiencing God for themselves, and I'm talking about experiencing God as He is. I'm talking about experiencing God as love. And this is what 1 John is all about. Only as I experience God as love, only then am I going to be able to give love to other people, give God's kind of love to other people. And only then are people going to be able to perceive who God is because then I am the light. And Jesus said this, you're the light of the world. And so our behavior should be light that helps people understand the character and the nature of God. And you've got to remember the reason so many people hate God, they don't really hate God, they hate the image of God that has been presented to them through critical, judgmental, mean, hard-hearted religious people. They've been beat up. They've been criticized. You know, they've had all their sins and faults pointed out. And I got news for you. Nobody wants to come to a God that right off the bat has rejected them. People are only drawn to those who accept them. So since light, which is understanding, and light is revelation, since light comes forth from the life, then the degree that we lose intimacy with Jesus, the degree to where our personal involvement and personal connection with Him begins to wane, to that degree we begin to decrease in our life experience. And as we decrease in our life experience with Him, then we begin to enter into darkness, and ultimately our understanding can become darkened. And if our understanding becomes darkened, there's no telling what we might decide next. Now, you know, the Bible warns that the problem with sin, and see, when, again, when we think about sin, we just think about the bad stuff. You know what? In the Old Testament, if you had to wear glasses, which I didn't have glasses back then, that would be considered sin. If there was anything about you that was less than perfect, that was considered sin. Now, later on, that got turned into the idea that that happened because of sin, because of something you did. That is absolutely what I'm saying. See, the word righteous means as it should be. So in reality, I should be whole, I should be well, I should be happy, I should be satisfied, I should be paying my bills, I should have my needs met. And the only reason there'd be any exception to that would be if I'm being persecuted for righteousness sake. And if I'm not being persecuted for righteousness sake, then my life should be as, or yeah, my life should be as it should be. But the problem is, as we back away from connection to Jesus, and man, this happens. You know, I am so thankful that I did not have a religious background. I did not grow up in church. I did not grow up learning what religious people do. And when I got saved, you know, I'd heard all these crazy things about God. So I got a Bible and I told God, I said, you know, if you'll get me a Bible, I'll read it. And whatever it says, that's what I'm going to believe. And I'm not really going to believe anything else. I'm not going to believe anything anybody has ever told me or will ever tell me if I can't see it in the Bible for myself. But as I would read the Bible, I didn't understand it. In other words, I had darkness. That didn't mean I was in, you know, gross sin or something. I just could not fully understand it. So everything for me was praying. Everything about my life was seeking God to understand, you know, what He was showing me. Now, the interesting thing is, 
I didn't grow in my understanding, and then that understanding caused me to have transformation. No. The more I experienced transformation through my intimacy with Jesus, the more my understanding opened up, and the more I came out of darkness, the more I came out of a limited lifestyle. So we don't want to get into the darkness and get to the place to where I've alienated myself from the life of God because of the darkness that's in me. And Paul talks about that in the book of Ephesians. And so the deceitfulness of sin is the hardness of heart. And that word hardness is, is an insensitive heart or a blind heart, a heart that cannot see and perceive. So darkness of any kind can't bring forth light. And this is really, really important. So the point of 1 John is to answer some questions. Number one, is Jesus the life? In other words, is Jesus the life or is information and revelation, you know, the life? And the Gnostics, and I'm telling you what, Gentiles tend to be Gnostics by nature. We love knowledge. Every time most of us have a need in our life, we think, I just need to read another book about it. I just need to listen to another message. Well, you know what? If you think the answer is going to be in that book, don't read it. If you think the answer is going to be in going and hearing a certain preacher, don't go hear him. Take yourself into your prayer room, lock the door, and spend that time seeking God for yourself until you have a breakthrough. You say, I don't know how to do that. Well, there's a lot of things you don't know how to do until you do it. But 1 John is being written to answer this question, is Jesus the life or not? And of course, the next question would be, am I experiencing life as the Word of God defines it? Now, this becomes very, very important. We're going to get into this today, and then ultimately we're going to get into connecting to the life, whether we're able to do that today or next week. So then the next question is, is the Word of God light, or can I get revelations about God independent of the Word and know that they're going to be light, that they're going to be true revelation. Well, you know, the Apostle Peter warned us about private interpretations or private revelations. And a private interpretation in the original language is a revelation that a person gets that benefits their own position. It reinforces what they already believe. It's something that they want. It's the way they want to see things. And so, Private interpretation is something that's not in the Bible. It is not light. And, you know, as Jesus said, if the light that is in you is darkness, then how great is that darkness? So listen, we're going to come back, and in a few minutes, I'm going to share with you about how the Apostle Paul got his revelation of Jesus and how you can apply the same principles that he did. I'll be right back. My new series, Trifecta, Life, Light, and Love, it's going to give you the tools to guard your heart. You know, Jesus warned that the greatest thing that we were going to be facing in this era that we're living in is deception. Well, I want to tell you something. If you have the light, you can't be drawn into the darkness. And not only is this going to help you have the life, it's going to show you how to connect to the life so that the quality of life that you experience is not based on anything that's going on around you. You know, I was in a conversation with someone, and they were coming up with some revelation that they had about God. And after they shared it, and this was a minister, and after they shared it, my response was, you know what, that's not really in the Bible. And again, 
They responded by saying, yes, but it's what God is showing me. And I said, you know, you're kind of confused because God's not going to show you something unless it is in the Scripture or consistent with the Scripture. He's not going to show you anything that conflicts with anything he's already said. And his logic was this. It's like the Apostle Paul got his own revelation of Jesus. I am just as righteous as he is, so God can give me my own revelation of Jesus. I want you to understand something. That is totally false. Paul did not get a private interpretation of Jesus. He did not get a private revelation of Jesus. Paul did what we should do. He studied the Scriptures. You see, everything about Jesus' first coming and second coming is taught in the feast. All of the feasts represent very clear factors about Jesus coming the first time, dying, being raised from the dead, the church being born, and then the rest of the feast that were not fulfilled at his first coming will be fulfilled at his second coming. Plus, you had everything else that God had already said about someone being raised up, you know, the line of the tribe of Judah and all this kind of stuff. So Paul had the scriptures to give him light. Remember, the light is not the life. The light is simply what illuminates the path so that you know you're walking down the right path, so that you know you're walking the right direction. You know, I don't know if I'm walking the direction when I need a healing, if I'm just kind of trying to get revelations from God about what I need to do. But I know if it's based on the Word of God that I'm walking the right path and I will always end up at the place of health and healing. It's the same way with finances. It's the same way with dealing with any struggle that I have eternally. It's the same way of working out problems with other people. The Word of God provides a light to my path so that I can see where I'm walking. But the key is I take that light and I connect to Jesus personally because it is in this personal connection that we actually experience the grace of God. It is in this personal connection where we actually have the life of God explode in us and transform us and make us able to be who God says we are. In the book of 1 John, remember, we said there were some questions that uh, were being answered. Is Jesus the life? First question. And, And am I experiencing that life as the Word defines it? Then, is the Word of God the light, and do I trust God's Word to direct my life. Here's a third question. Am I in the light? In other words, do I define truth and love based on Jesus' interpretation and manifestation of the truth? Now, this is so critically important. I've said this through this whole series. I know I'm just kind of wearing this out, but you've got to get this. Jesus came. He was the Word made flesh. He came, and in His life, We saw everything that we needed to understand how to interpret God's Word. How many times did he violate, you know, the pharisaical, legalistic way of interpreting God's Word and always interpret it in a way to give life? Remember, he said something. He said, man is not supposed to serve the commandment. The commandment is supposed to serve man. The commandments were given to us to serve us, to show us who God is, to show us how to have a great life, to show us the wisdom of God. So you realize that if I throw away the Word of God, or if I throw away what Jesus demonstrated about the Word of God, then I have 
thrown away the Word of God. And because God's Word is intimately connected to His name, by default, I have thrown away God. I'm telling you, there are so many people that have eliminated. They have excluded God from their life, and they're praying. They're even reading their Bible, but they're approaching God through what their family has always believed, through what their denomination has always believed, through what they've influenced to believe. They're not going to the Scripture and saying, you know, Jesus said yes every time somebody came to him and needed healing. So the answer for me is always yes. I can see this right here. He healed people that didn't deserve it. He delivered people that didn't deserve it. Whatever people needed, Jesus always said yes. And the amazing thing is that so many of the people that were in sin, that were corrupt, he didn't say go away and get everything worked out, come back and I'll heal you, I'll help you, I'll deliver you, I'll get you set free. No, he got them set free from the power of this thing that was working in them and then encouraged them to stay out of sin and, and of course, connect with God, to believe on him as the Son of God. So Jesus came. He was the Word of God, which means he was the living interpretation of what God's Word should look like. And the Bible goes on in the Gospel of John. He says, now, Moses gave us the law, and Jesus brought grace and truth. And many people take that and falsely think that because it says Jesus brought truth, that he brought us a truth other than what the commandments had already said. But that is absolutely not what the word truth even means. You see, truth is when God's word is applied from God's motives and intentions. Well, the motive and intention for everything God has ever said is love. The motive and intention is that we would have this incredible life, that we would experience life as good as it could possibly be. But we had no capacity to see that because the very next scripture says, no man has seen God at any time except the Son who has manifested Him or revealed Him to us. There is no revelation of God apart from looking at Jesus. And when you try to have a revelation of God without qualifying it through the Word of God, without looking at the life of Jesus, then you are moving away from the truth and you're moving in darkness. And this is why John told the Gnostics that they were in the darkness and they really were no longer fellowshipping with Jesus. And he was calling them back to an intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, many of you have heard me talk about fellowship before because this is really one of the questions of 1 John that's got to be answered. Am I in fellowship with Jesus or am I simply in fellowship with my doctrines, my ideas, and my ego? Another question that needs to be answered is this. Do I love what God loves and hate what God hates? Because that's the thing. The Gnostics, they didn't love what God loved. They didn't even love each other. They didn't love the brethren. They loved everybody who agreed with them because they were enlightened. They were politically correct is what it really boils down to. Number six is, do I want to walk in the light? In other words, do I want to be like Jesus? Do I even want to be a disciple? And of course, last of all, how will this life explode inside of me so that I experience all of this as being real? That's the thing. We don't want to just quote scriptures. We want to be empowered by it the truth. We don't just want to obey the rules. We want to love the truth. We want to love righteousness. We want to love one another. So John started this whole thing out by attempting to call people into fellowship. And he said, look, our fellowship is with the Son. 
You know, and he pointed out, I said, now listen, we, the apostles, are the ones who saw and touched and heard and witnessed the life that Jesus manifested. These other people didn't. See, the apostles' doctrine is based on the fact that they not only believed everything that God said, but they interpreted everything based on what they saw and experienced with Jesus. And really, the church was strong and healthy until it began to depart from the apostles' doctrine and began to go into personal revelations, and it went into total darkness for hundreds of years. But then John, you know, John talks about the need for us to get back into fellowship, and in this fellowship, it says that if we get back into fellowship with him, it says that the blood of Jesus will cleanse us. And a matter of fact, let me read this to you in verse 7. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Some people read that and say, look, I've already been cleansed from sin. You know something? There are many different Greek words for sin. There are sins that you commit that you don't know. There's a word for sin that means whenever you cross somebody else's boundaries, whenever you are offensive or, or hurtful to somebody. How many times have you been hurtful and didn't even know it because, you know, I have because I was insensitive, I, because I was focused on something else. You know, there's a word for sin that means that I'm hearing a mess, that God is speaking to me and I'm not holding on to it, I'm not taking it serious, I'm not moving forward with what it is that God's trying to show me. You know, there's all kinds of ways that we can get into sin. But anytime that I think, believe, entertain emotions, or entertain any idea of myself as less than who God says I am, that is a form of sin. Now, we've been washed, and we don't have to worry so much about sin or these things affecting our spirit man. Our spirit man has been made perfect. Our spirit man is a new creation, Lord Jesus Christ. But what does get corrupted is our conscience. And our conscience is our co-perception. It's like one eye is the spirit and one eye is the soul. And when they both look at anything, they've both got to be in focus or else they get a distorted view. Well, our spirit man's always going to see what God sees, always going to hear what God is saying. But if we haven't renewed our mind, our soul is not. And we're never going to be able to clearly see who God really is. We're never going to be able to clearly see God's wisdom and God's truth for a situation. We're not going to be able to clearly apply God's truth and come out with what we desire at the end. Listen, folks, we need constant cleansing from the blood. Matter of fact, in the Greek language, the tenses of this word talks about a continuous cleansing, something that goes on and on and on from all of the effects of this sinful world that we're in sinful people are in and what's going on inside of us. This cleansing, it keeps us from going into darkness. Now listen, I'll be back in just a minute for a mentoring moment. Don't go away because I want to give you some practical application on this. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to invite you to some really special events that are going to be coming up that any one of these could just be so powerful for your life. The last weekend of September, and then it gets over to the first weekend in October, I am going to be in Blue Springs, Missouri, and Bob and Audrey Meisner are going to be there with me. Jimmy Bratcher is going to be there with me, and Pastor Sean Apkin is going to be there, and we're going to have a reconnect conference about reconnecting to the love of God. You know, if you've grown cold, if you've grown stale, don't live in condemnation. Don't deny it. Don't run from God. But 
coming, we want to share with you ways to reconnect to God and help you have those experiences right there in the seminar. Also then, later in July, here in Huntsville, Alabama, we will have Heart Physics Weekend. That's going to be a great, great weekend. i got some great material. You can go to our website and you can check all this stuff out and find out about how to register for all of these. And uh, we do want you to register. And then again, in November, I'm going to be in British Columbia doing a seminar, hopefully on dignity and worth. So be sure and check with me on that. Come and join me in one of these great seminars. Remember, the whole goal of getting out of darkness. The whole goal of getting out of sin, it's not about getting out of that stuff. It's about getting back into personal fellowship, personal communion, personal connection, personal intimacy with God where you are hearing His voice and you are spending time with Him and you are enjoying a deep, intimate relationship. Now, forgiveness, you know, forgiveness is something that has been extended to us so that we can access God at any time. You know, yes, we have forgiveness, but fellowship is something that's alive, it's active, it's dynamic. It is something that has to do with a relationship, not just a legal position that we have with God. You know, when I was in the Baptist church, I remember watching these young people come down, and they would repent, uh, actually, even adults, nearly every week they were at the altar crying, you know, repent. This is why some people reject the doctrine of repentance, because... We've been told that's what it is, but they would repent and, you know, they would experience forgiveness. But the problem was they never entered into intimate fellowship with God. And remember, Jesus is the life. The light is not the life. You know, getting the right information, knowing intellectually that God loves you, knowing intellectually that you've been forgiven, that does not cleanse you. That does not set you free from what's driving you in your destructive behavior. But I'll tell you what, when you connect with God for yourself and you experience a cleansing in your own heart, then the blood of Jesus is going to purge or cleanse your conscience. And when your conscience is purged, you're going to have the ability to see yourself as you are. You're going to have the capacity to believe that you are who God says you are. You have what God says you have, and you can do what God says you can do. And out of that, see, out of experiencing that life, there's going to be an explosion of light and understanding into your life. Listen, I know this is pretty complicated, but at the end of the day, it's all about personally connecting to Jesus. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.